Marketing for Humans, bringing the human back into marketing. Hi, I'm Christina Fry, and today the way we're going to look at marketing is through the lens of a couple of real estate agents who are based in Trumbull, Connecticut, Valerie King and Josie Ambrose. They are sisters. They are part of the VK Realty team. And I met them when I was giving a talk in Trumbull at Keller Williams. And I asked the office manager, hey, who's a real rock star of marketing? And that put me in touch with this team. And I, you know, just looking at their social media and just looking at how they are in their community, it's really, I mean, they are just onto something. And what I find particularly relevant is that they live in one of the most economically segregated areas in the country, right? So um, Bridgeport, Connecticut is right next door to Trumbull. They sell in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They also sell in places like Fairfield, which is a very wealthy town. Um, So I just thought it would be really interesting to hear them out as far as, you know, they have some social issues that they could address. They are both women of color. And I think that's relevant because in a pretty segregated area, it's worth talking about how they navigate that. And I, I really wanted to know because they have a successful business. They're excellent marketers and they also care deeply about what's going on in their community. So what do you do in that instance? We are going to find out today with Josie and Val on marketing for humans. Well, Valerie and Josie, thanks for joining me today. Here we are on a very rainy day in the Northeast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, nice and muggy. (laughs) How we like it in New England in the summer. You you know, it'll be raining this morning. It'll be sunny later. Maybe we'll catch a little bit of flurry too in there. So it's. I love it. Yeah. yeah so um, I would love to have you guys just talk about what you do for a second. Like what, if someone never met you, you know, tell us about what you're up to in your work. Well, uh, we are a real estate consultant team. Um, and for the most part, I mean, our job is to help people make um, great business decisions regarding um, real estate and their, their goals around it. Um, you know, we, our slogan is improving lives one property at a time. And, and we really believe that and mean that, you know, we, we care about our clients and, and try and help them make um, good decisions moving forward. Yes. So, so our team, VK Realty Group, we service um, in Connecticut specifically. So we do Fairfield County and New Haven County, almost all towns within those two counties in Connecticut. So that's, I always say that's like from around the New York border all the way past up like Yale University <laughs> um, for people who are not familiar with Connecticut. Um, and, you know, Val is our, our, our lead agent slash CEO. She's the, uh, the, the brainchild, I believe would be the term, <laughs> um, behind all of this. Yep. Um, and then my role is as the director of operations and marketing. So I'm the one that handles all the behind the scenes. Um, I am licensed as a realtor, so I can also do showings and things of that nature. It's just not my primary function. So if we're too busy in a support role, I will jump in and, and help with like home inspections and things like that. But for the most part, I'm the girl behind the computer. I'm the girl on the phone with you. <laughs> you know, I'm that girl, I'm the girl doing the marketing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's me. <laughs> And then we also have um, 
a showing partner who started with us recently. Her name is Natasha Rodriguez, um, and she's she's in her kind of training period right now. But she's been a great addition already. Um, she, she's really unofficially been with us since the beginning of the year, um, while she was still finishing up her licensing and things like that. Already adding value, um, you know, through her own sphere um, and just when we have our events, helping out and things of that nature. So yeah. she's, um, you know, we're, we're happy to have her on board, and uh, you know, we're still growing. So we're hoping to have another one to two agents before the end of the year. Fantastic. So you're definitely on a growth path. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's our goal for 2019 was growing the team and just honing in on a lot of the things that we already do really well and so that we can expand. Yeah. And I love that, um, you know, I'm doing this for people who own their own service-based business. And so it's really nice to hear when, you know, Valerie, you were probably doing this for a while on your own. And at some point you brought on Josie, yeah. who happens to be your sister. Just going yes. oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to mention that. Yeah. 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 For a lot of, um, of service-based professionals, that sounds like heaven <laughs> to have someone on the back end taking care of so much of the behind the scenes yeah i mean i was doing this for six and a half years um before i brought josie on so um you know a lot of things that i wanted to do and it just got tougher to do as i as my business grew so i i totally understand where people are coming from where they want to do all these different things and, and yet there's only so many hours in the day yeah you know? So tell me a little bit, I'd love to hear about, I mean, if, if there's one client recently that you enjoyed working with, I would love to hear about that. And I would also just like to, for those, you know, if somebody's listening from Kentucky <laughs> and they don't really know the Connecticut landscape, yeah. I would love to just get a quick recap of, you know, where, what's the marketplace that you're selling in like, mm -hmm. and just to, just to paint a picture, why don't we start with that? Well, our, our, our market is a little bit um, all over the place. I mean, honestly, it's, it's pockets of we have seller's market in, in some areas, and, um, and then some areas it truly is it's more of a buyer's market. Now, you know, so for a seller's market, um, you know, a home will be on the market and sell within, you know, less than 30 days, right? And, and it often has to do with price point. You know, um, the you know in the first time home buyer introductory price point range under two hundred fifty thousand under three maybe um, in some towns that's our introductory price point range. So those homes, if they're in good condition, they'll go quickly. You know, um, a less than thirty days, oftentimes within um, you know first two weeks even. Versus a, a buyer's market um, where the home will sit a little bit longer. You're not dealing necessarily with multiple offers, um, you know, in the higher price point ranges, you'll, you'll see a lot more of that, especially um, towards the luxury price point, you know, over a million, those homes will take, you know, over a year in, in, in many cases to sell. So, you know, we, and our towns are so close that, again, you're going to see those different types of markets side by side from each other. And, um, you know, I know that a lot of other market areas have completely transitioned from a hot seller's market um, and cooled down a lot. And, and we are seeing slowdown in some of our, our markets that have been really hot. Um, it's just not as dramatic as it was back in the market crash back in 2008. 
I will also just add again for somebody who's not from that area. I grew up in that area, so I, I feel the need to also fill in the fact that it's pretty much one of the most deeply divided. What would you say about that? Like the the income levels are incredibly right. different. Yes, right. a big saga out of it, but. You know, when you go into certain parts of Ridgeport, the household income is, you know, 20000 a year or something like on East Bridgeport. And then you, 20 minutes away in Fairfield, Connecticut, you have one of the wealthiest places on the planet. So right. it's very, again, yeah. I don't know how that affects your business, but it is very heightened. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, so again, it, it, like Josie said, it's more hyper-local. So, you know, a lot of agents focus specifically on one type of client subset, right? Um, you know, and our, I mean, our goal has been to reach as broad of a, um, a client base as we can um, without necessarily alienating, alienating any group per, per se. Right. You know, I think it's important. So like what you said, um, you know, I, I, I want to say Fairfield County statistically is one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive county, like, in the country, <laughs> so, so, you know, to live in, and that's because you have the places like Greenwich or Darien, um, you know, but then, like you said, you also have towns like Bridgeport, which don't necessarily have the best reputation, and at the same time, because it's a changing market, you have a lot of the investors who are coming in from New York or other areas, and that's where they're looking to invest in, because the properties are a lot cheaper, um, so it's a really hot market, like Valerie said, for that first-time home buyer price point, you know, especially if you're looking under 200, some some properties under 150, um, you know, and unfortunately, those first-time home buyers are also competing with the investors who can pay cash for some of those properties that are looking to flip them um, and, you know, renovate them and then put them back on the market. So, so it's a very interesting dynamic that you'll find um, throughout Fairfield County, you know, and we also do New Haven County, which is, is a little bit of a different type of market. Um, so I think that our broad reach is part of what makes us unique because Valerie has the skill set where she can, she works with investors, she works with commercial buyers, um, you know, like businesses and things of that nature, you know, and, and we also work with the first time home buyers. We work with the ones who are moving up um, in their, their price range, starting to grow their families bigger. So they need to buy their second, you know, home type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would love to hear, how you, well, let's go to the clients that you work with, right? So if there's one in particular and, you know, whoever is just coming to mind, because I'm sure you, like you said, you work with so many different kinds of people. Um, who's someone you've worked with recently and how did that all go down? Like, how was the transaction? If there's a little bit of a, you know, they didn't think they could get it, but then, you know, we looked at this other neighborhood or just something pretty straightforward. Like who's somebody you've worked with recently? Mm, wow. Um, you know, a, a lot of a, a lot of my my clients, um, buyers especially, are are first time, right? And they're young families. You know, um, whether they've recently gotten married or or, or getting married, um, we pride ourselves on trying to help people in all aspects of what they need to do to get to the closing table. And I'll share a quick story with you on a couple that. We hold dear, near and dear to our hearts um, because we help them get married. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, that's a good one. So, um, you know, uh, a couple, the, I was referred to the, um, the gentleman. 
he is a veteran by his his sister who I helped buy um, they helped him with their first purchase as well and she referred me to her brother and he's a veteran great personality um, and uh, he was engaged to his girlfriend um, and um, cute young couple they had a, a daughter and everything and they were going through the process we had referred them um, to uh, lenders and um, they had started and came into they were in this funny space of we make a little bit too much money for this area to qualify for this program as first-time home buyers but we don't have enough of reserves or cash to be able to qualify for this other program. So they, they, the, you know, they were kind of caught um, being because they weren't married with not being able to use the VA the way that they expected to be able to the VA loan and, or the um, CHAFA, which is uh, one of our Connecticut specific first time home buyer loan programs. So at the end of the day, as we moved along, it became apparent that the only way they were going to be able to qualify and be able to purchase was to be married, right? And they, they hadn't really planned to be married right away. You know, they, they didn't have a, a date or anything like that. And um, so the, the dilemma they had was, okay, do we get married now just so that we can buy uh, or do we wait on our home purchase altogether? Right, and um, they really wanted to buy. We had already picked out this great home for them, and um, so the home itself had issues like um, delay was the appraisal. Yeah, we we had uh, you know an appraisal issue that really wasn't as big as it needed to as they as they made it out to be. We so we ended up having to move to a different lender, get a new appraisal. I mean, they had one roadblock after the other. Mm -hmm. um, so they decided to get married. And I looked at, I looked at the gentleman. And I'm like, you know that she was really excited. When I met you guys, she was really excited about getting married, you know, about that whole prospect. And I, I don't think that she's going to be excited about going to a courthouse and just, you know, having it done and one and done and, and over, right? Hispanic family and, you know, Families are really important, um, you know, um, to the expanded culture. And so uh, we talked a little bit and um, I told them, we want to do something for you. We want to pull something together for you, you guys, so that you can make it special, right? So we had a weekend, right, <laughs> to, to put this whole, to put a whole wedding together, okay, a weekend. So uh, they had gone away. They were going to go visit his son. Um, who was in a different state, and he, he's like, okay, we're going to go away for this time period. When we come back um, Tuesday, we're going to get married at the courthouse, and so that was their intention to, to get their um, marriage license and everything. We said, no, we'll have it taken care of. You just have her, make sure she comes. Well, it'll be a surprise. Have her dressed up, and um, so yeah, I, I called up a um, an officiant that I knew, who puts, you know, and I called up my, uh, an event planner that I knew who can help me decorate. We found a space, you know, that, that had food that, you know, they had, it had a fireplace. Like one of our favorite restaurants and they had like an extra room that I knew that they allowed you to use that you didn't necessarily have to rent. Um, as long as you use their, you know, the food at the restaurant and it's really good food. So I'm like, it's super cute back there. I'm like, I, 
bet we could do it there because it's a Tuesday evening and it won't be a busy night. Yeah. So, and we invited um, her, her immediate family, his immediate family, you know, so they ended up having about 20 or so um, people there with them to see them get married. You know, um, really the officiant was done. great. It was beautiful. Yeah. The decoration was beautiful. She felt special. They, their, their day was able to be special. And it was, so they were able to move on. They were able to buy their home. They're a beautiful home. Um, we were able to get through the issues, the roadblocks that, you know, um, on the real estate side, the appraisal and, and the lending and, and help them get closed and buy the house. And, um, you know, so, yeah, we have deals that go from beginning to end where it closes in 30 days. We have, you know, and we're, and it's smooth. And then we have deals like that where we have all these different roadblocks. I mean, it was every single day, every week, something came up and we're like, okay, we're going to deal with this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to work through this. And, um, you know, we're, we're up for the challenge. And now they are, raving fans right so they've referred us at least three at least three different clients since that i can i can relate back to them they've invited us to their baby shower um which we which we attended and you know they they came to our most recent client event uh client appreciation event um you know so they'll be in our lives for forever and and we'll be in theirs you know Mm -hmm. because we helped them through a tough tough time Right. So our goal is definitely not just, it's the client experience for sure. And that's, that's a unique situation, but you know, we do like to say like part of our, our, our mission statement is creating raving fans for life. And like, that's really something that we hold, you know, near and dear is about going above and beyond and really building like friendships and relationships, you know, with our, with our clients so that they're not just clients, but they're family, you know, we, we call them our tribe. That's really what, what it's about for us. That's great. So, I mean, you are clearly demonstrating how much you care about the people that you work with and bringing in the human touch. So you're already going into, you know, one of the biggest challenges that business owners have, and that is to continuously build trust through marketing channels, through anything, through transactions that they do. You know, how do you keep at that when there's so many fancy mechanisms out there that you can just get sucked into? Yeah. What I'm just sensing from both of you is, you just stay grounded in this is a human. They have needs. They are where they are. Like you just, yeah. They showed how that plays out. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we are grounded. I mean, I'm a, I'm a faith-based person. So, um, you know, we are grounded in our faith and our belief. I mean, if it's meant to be, God will show us a way. And so I'm, I'm, we're all about, I'm, putting one foot in front of the other and just kind of um, following the path that's set in front of us. So if, if it's, if it's meant to happen, you know, if we're meant to be wedding planners today and we can get it done, that's what we're meant to do. And if it's not meant to happen, that's okay too. Right. Um, you know, not every home is meant to be purchased by every buyer. Right. Um, so, um, and at some point, we kind of come to that place where it's like, okay, that's all right. We'll leave that one. We'll move on. We'll find, we'll find you a better one. Well, I love that too, because again, anyone who's in a service-based business is going to wrestle with wanting to meet everyone's needs as soon as possible. So for you to have that integrity and courage to, 
point out that, all right, so this might not be the home. Maybe we need to keep mm -hmm. going. You know, there's, there's a bigger plan here. Let's, yeah, yeah. You know, let's forge ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would love to go a little bit deeper into just how you build trust in your community, because as we all know, um, Bridgeport and near Bridgeport has its own challenges. And I would imagine, and some of them you could just say they are, you know, racially based, right? There's just like a huge racial divide in that area. If I can just speak to that for a moment, like it's, it's very, um, it's just very obvious, right? Like there's, and I would imagine that as, you know, professionals of color, that that can be deeply frustrating, deeply heartbreaking, deeply everything. Like, why can't this change faster? Not that there's an issue with having segregation, but it tends to isolate. You know, it tends to just, if there are, if there's a large African-American population, it just seems to be a poor area. That just seems to happen like all over our country. Um, and we could talk about that for 10 years about why that is um, or not. Maybe it's just really simple. Um, but I would love to hear from you how you go about that side of things. Cause it would be very easy for you to get up on a soapbox and just, you know, speak very loudly about what's not working very well in the area. And I know you're doing good work to turn things around for a lot of people. So um, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Well, um, for, as it pertains to that, I mean, the most important thing is being present um, and, and being involved, right? Uh, I'm not a highly political person, right? But I am, um, I do care about our community and I, I do care about um, the things that affect our community. So, um, you know, and my way of, of, of having any kind of an impact on that is being involved and being present. So I am a member of the Minority Business Association um, and a board member, in fact, and I am involved with other um, community programs as well, where I can lend my professionalism, my voice, my, my, um, my assistance, expertise. my expertise, right, in, in those areas, such as with Bridgeport Neighborhood Trust, that does a lot for our community. Um, the workplace, um, which helps place people in, in jobs, right? So um, those different programs and those different um, community services, uh, I tend to want to be involved with. You know? I love that. And I want to hear about all of them because I, I think it's really important for people to know that there's just so many great things going on, which Mm -hmm. Honestly, like I've lived around that area long enough that I'm a little bit heartbroken that I didn't know about all this stuff when I was there because now I'm up in the Boston area and it's like, man, if I had known about that stuff, I would have gotten involved in a heartbeat. Like it's just good to know where the effective change is starting to happen or has been happening and where yeah. people are truly dedicated. So, but I also just want to pause and say, what a great model that, yeah, there are challenges and it would be so easy to go into blame and polarization. And, you know, a lot of people are drinking that Kool-Aid right now. And yet you guys stay the course and steadily contribute and help where you know that you can probably do the most good and where there's a lot of good work to be done. Is there anything you want to say about that approach before we go more specifically into each one? 
Yeah, well, I believe that there's strength in numbers, right? And so people that are focused on division and um, separation are only looking to tear things down, right? Uh, whether it be um, directly or indirectly. So the people that I align myself with and surround myself with are people that are looking to come together and get things done, right? Uh, and because you get to choose, right? You get to choose what you surround yourself with. And um, so I make it purposeful to choose to connect with, to be around with, and to um, speak to other people that are making things happen and, and that are, are, are working together um, for, for the betterment of their communities, whether it be here locally or um, in other areas, right? Uh, you know, I, I search out people that are doing the same things um, in different towns. And what, different yeah, towns. what I love about that is that it just sounds inspiring hearing you talk about it. It's not like this is a slog for you. You know, yes, things are, might be tough, but yeah. you are aligning yourself with people who are doing good work. And to me, there's nothing more energizing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we're very purposeful as far as like how we try to map out our time. I'm very, I'm the OCD one, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one who really tries to manage like the calendar at the beginning of the year, well, actually the end of the previous year, you know, we'll set up our marketing and events calendar for the, for the following year. So we're mapping out how many seminars do we want to do? You know, we host, Valerie likes to host a lot of home buyer seminars, but she also collaborates like with the Bridgeport Neighborhood Trust and some other lenders sometimes, um, where they're the ones hosting it and she's the guest speaker. So it's like, okay, well, we don't want to overload. So which events can we participate in to still make sure we're out there, um, you know, and, and then also to try to reach different subsets. You know, we want to reach a lot of different groups, but we also want to make sure we're not, we're not alienating necessarily others. So this year, for example, you know, we really wanted to participate in two to three, um, just like expos to really, you know, put ourselves out there, um, and so one of them that Valerie did earlier in the year was the Love Conference, which was the Ladies of Virtue Conference that was held in Bridgeport. Um, and, you know, that was happened to be faith-based. And, and when you find a conference like that, it does tend, at least in this area, it does tend to be a lot more minorities. So it wasn't necessarily that we were intentionally doing it because it was minorities, but that's just the, the demographic that for the majority is who attended that event. Um, you know, and she had a booth and she collaborated with a vendor and, you know, they were able to just, talk to a bunch of people that day and make an impact um, and so things like that where we do find different um, events that are going on within the state that we can either sponsor or support or be a part of you know that's a that's important to, to how we run our team and well, our and I love that too because what you're showing me Josie is how to make it manageable for small businesses to yeah. stay actively out there mm -hmm. and building that trust, making a difference, uh, getting clients, frankly. But, yeah. you know, yeah. if you plan it, because honestly, sometimes people just don't plan out their marketing for a year, for the year. Yeah, right. 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 And right. so to me, you're showing me exactly why you just make your life so much easier by spending right. your time. Yeah. Your year, yeah. It, what's a reasonable amount of money to spend and where, mm -hmm. you know, how much time you want to spend doing this and what are the best events? Like it just, everything gets better if you right. just, 
time. Here's here's what I would say to that too. I mean, I, I have been a victim of the shiny object syndrome as well, you know, as all other business owners have. And over the years, I've just come to realize and understand, okay, this is the people, our clients, our past clients and our, our current clients. That's where most of our energies are coming from. Most of the business is coming from the networking that I'm doing, the relationships that we're building. That's And so that's where we've chosen to focus most of our time, energy, and money, right? And so um, it'll be different for everybody, right? So for, for some other agents, open houses, uh, you know, is kind of where they're focusing their energies. But what I would say to any business owners, figure out where your energy needs to be focused. Pick and choose, right? You know, whether if, you know, even if it's, um, you know, one organization, you know, that you can connect with and say, this is where I'm going to put a lot of my time and energy, it will come back to you, you know, um, tenfold over if you put the time, energy, and um, resources yeah. into it. Very right? purposeful. So we're purposeful and, and we're, we're limited. It's, I'm not a, a part of 10 different networking groups, Right. Um, you know, I've done that and that doesn't work very well, you know, and so you spread yourself too thin and your impact is watered down as well, right? You know, yeah. you'll find that the more purposeful you are with your time and energy, people start coming to you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not the jack of all trades, you're the person that's the go-to for this, they're going to start coming to you. You know, I have opportunities that come to us now because people see us as a local real estate expert and a professional, right? They love the marketing that we do. They love the connections that we make. And so they start coming to us now, which is a great place to be for us, I think. You know, um, because well, this, is, this is actually a great uh, segue into a little bit more specificity around um, a couple of the things that you're engaged in. I'd like to start with the Bridgeport Neighborhood Trust mm-hmm. because you're speaking about, you know, people get to know us and we get clients from some of these efforts. And, and Valerie, mm-hmm. I know that you're really like very specifically involved with this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I ask you about your involvement, I just want to rattle off some statistics about this particular mm-hmm. uh, agency. So for their, for their real estate development arm, um, here's some of the statistics that I found by doing a teeny bit of research on them. So they served 3,003 clients by offering 152 classes in all levels of real estate education, right? Pre-purchase, so home buying, I guess, um, foreclosure prevention, credit coaching, landlord-tenant education, financial literacy, like all of it. And um, with that, 841 households achieved home ownership by their help, and that meant $86 million in mortgages were closed. Uh, And, I mean, it just goes on, right? So 180 families avoided foreclosure. There's a real estate. I mean, it just gives me the chills to even cite these. Like there's a real estate pipeline of 99 housing units, uh, which has been developed. And then there's a $42.9 million portfolio of 208 housing units and 21,000 square feet of commercial space paying, you know, however much in local real estate taxes, right? And these are home to more than 400 individuals and families. Mm -hmm. So just... (laughs) Just a little 
a few services going on there um, to help the community. I would love to hear how you're involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I actually uh, met the director, Beverly Hoppy, maybe eight years ago. Um, The director of education, correct. And um, so she's in charge of all of the um, classes and the trainings that they do. And um, that is a passion of mine. Um, education. And, um, you know, as we've built our relationship um, and she's seen, you know, the things that we've been able to do, you know, we've been able to build that trust as well. And so um, getting to know her, getting to know some of the other counselors by supporting what they do, whether being sponsoring and some of their events or um, being um, asked to teach one of their classes, right? So they do, um, they're HUD certified, so they do certificate classes for first-time home buyers. And, um, you know, I'll get asked oftentimes to do the real estate arm of that class to kind of mix things up for them. And so I I get to just basically do um, what I love for an hour in front of a group of 20 to 30 people that are thinking about buying. And they're at all different stages. Some are going to buy the following week. Some aren't going to buy for two years, right? And so, um, you know, being able to um, be in front of that class, answer those types of questions, giving that information. You know, I started by um, doing those classes, and I loved it so much that I started doing some of my own on my own. Um, So... uh, and have you gotten any business out of it? I mean, I know that's not why you do it, but I'm just curious. Awesome. I mean, we, you know, we, I'll get, um, oftentimes I'll get maybe one or two clients per class, um, but it won't necessarily be immediate, like I said. And even then, uh, oftentimes we'll get someone that comes to me and, and I'll say, well, where'd you come from? Well, one of the counselors said that we should reach out to you, right? Um you know, so we, we get referrals from them all the time. I can't even count now. I mean, we have, um, we do track, but um, yeah, the relationship has definitely been fruitful for us in terms of business and clients. But um, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, she feels the same in terms of the way that we support B&T, um, Bridgeport Neighborhood Trust and, and the things that they do. She taps us all the time to, to sponsor and to come out to, to their different events. Um, and we love it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Said, I think she said one or two years. I'm going to correct. It's actually three or four years since she met Beverly. I've been with her two and a half years, and it was before I no, came I, on that, that you. Years. Oh, you said eight years. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you said one or two years. I'm like, that's Beverly yeah. for old, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've known Beverly for like eight for years. For her entire now. real estate career. Yeah. Most, so, yeah. Most of it, yeah. yeah. Well, I would love to hear any other, I mean, you mentioned the Minority Business Association. Yes. Uh, what are they up to? So the um, Minority Business Association, or the MBA, as we like to call them, um, they are, they're the ones that kind of keep a pulse on the um, entrepreneurial, the business uh, atmosphere, and in, in, in specifically not just in Bridgeport, but but that's where we're based and that's where, um, you know, a lot of our focus and energy is. So what are the, the laws and regulations around um, 
the business opportunities for our entrepreneurs, especially the contractors, and how are they affecting our minority community? You know, are they being upheld? You know, it, you know, because there are, you know, our history here has been that um, a lot of projects go without a lot of the local involvement and without a lot of minority involvement and um, without a lot of oversight and um, regulation into we're here, we have the skill sets, we should be the ones that are, are helping to build up our, our community, our town. And, and so um, MBA has tried to take a lead in being that voice and ensuring that our, um, our business owners are, are the ones that are, are getting um, first dibs at the opportunities that are available here. Um, so we're trying to keep our members informed um, with different opportunities and, um, and also helping to change regulations uh, uh, and, and laws on the books that affect us directly. So that's, that's what we're doing. We, we meet monthly, and so we are able to network and, and get to know each other and help support each other as well. Fantastic. So I know this isn't necessarily marketing-related, but I, I want to touch on it anyway because I find it very exciting and inspiring um, because I think that when a, an area works really hard at turning themselves around, like just increasing the quality of life for everyone there, it's just good news. So could you speak to a couple of projects that are happening in Bridgeport uh, that are really, you know, they're getting bigger, they're getting traction, they're getting tons and tons of investment. Tell me about some things that are going in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of attention um, and activity going on in Bridgeport, um, you know, especially even with the Opportunity Zone laws that are coming out. Um, so a lot of investors are looking um, into Bridgeport for the Opportunity Zone development activity that we have going on. So there's a lot going on in that front. Um, but more specifically, we have um, the Steel Point development, which is waterfront development that we have. Um, you know, Bridgeport's kind of one of those last um, places here in Fairfield County that's been undeveloped on the waterfront. You know, you have Towns like Stanford and Norwalk that have beautiful waterfront development and, and Bridgeport is kind of the, the next in line there. And so we have um, development that's already started, um, but I'll, I'll tell you it's, it's over 15 years now in the making, you know, to finally get to this point where there's actually building property up, um, you know, in a, a couple of anchor places, um, stores, uh, that we've finally gotten to the area um, to help. I mean, is Starbucks open and Chipotle? Um, yeah. Starbucks yeah. is open. Chipotle is <laughs> yeah. open. Um, Bass Pro Shop. Bass Pro um, Shop. That was a huge anchor. Yeah, um, it was a huge one. Um, that we got to come, and, and that's kind of led the way to build more. So there's there's a lot coming on. There's there's residential. There's, you know, hotel that they're expecting. Yeah. We have a casino that's looking um, to, you know, that's, and that's been a big deal here, trying to bring a, a huge casino here um, as that's well in waterfront area, a theater that they're looking to bring there as well. Um, and then that big eyesore, the UI plant. 
Are there any plans around that since that's right on the waterfront? Uh, well, we have, um, a, we do have power plant that's being built um, as well. That's, and they're actually in, in transition phase to, um, to go from the, uh, to switch over. Right, so they so they're they're already being built now. They're they're in kind of um, transition phase. I don't know, the plant's not going anywhere anytime soon, as far as I can tell. But um, I did read somewhere that they are planning to dismantle it. Which yes, I mean that, that process has already started. Okay. Yeah, that that's already started. That would change everything. My goodness. Right. I'm sure yeah. that's tied in with like the casino wanting to move in and, and some of those other places. You know, at one point Amazon wanted to move in um, for like one of their warehouses. So it's just figuring out who gets that space. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a lot of abandoned factories that they're yeah. looking to repurpose. Um, you know, so there's there's those kind of conversations in the works and who can. Um, put the right projects together for those, as well as, um, you know, a couple of new schools that have been built um, and mm -hmm. another new one that's coming as well. Um, located, yeah. So, you know, a lot of that going on as well. Yeah, so there was so, one yeah. factory. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I was just going to mention. Um, so over on, on Knowlton Street, um, you know, and it's a space that, that they recently kind of turned into an art space. And so now there's a lot of artists there. They have their own, like, studio setups. You know, we actually went, one of another agent in our office is also an artist there. We went to a gallery show that they had um, a, a couple months ago, I believe. So there's a lot of different things like that going on where they're just trying to revitalize different parts of the town um, that, you know, a lot of people just don't even necessarily realize. You know, we have some breweries that um, are, are trying to come in. And, Seriously? Yeah, yeah. So we have a, um, a distillery here. We have um, mm -hmm. two breweries um, and we have yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a bit. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Okay, and soon there are going to be a lot of guys, like a millennial guys, with their really big beards walking around those areas, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Something to look forward to. That's great. And is there any, you mentioned, or I've seen something about the civic block um, in Bridgeport. Mm. I just, if yes. you want to mention that real quick. Yeah, what's up with yeah. there? Um, the Civic Block is another development that we have been trying to get in the area for quite some time now, and it's finally broken ground, and um, the first key piece is the library. Um, and it's basically, anytime you're trying to build, um, a, a build up a new community, right, you have to start with an anchor location, right, a, a central gem or dual area um, that will help build out from there. And that's what the Civic Block is for the east end of Bridgeport, um, which is a, um, a strong black community for the most part in Bridgeport. And, um, you know, had been in decline for, for some time um, and is now pushing our way back forward again, right? And the civic block is, is, is the biggest push that we've had thus far. You know, a couple of other things that we have going on they are a pop-up market that has, you know, been awarded, gotten a national award that, um, you know, but we don't have a grocery store on the east end of Bridgeport. What? 
Can you, I mean, you know, so, so anyone that lives in that area has to go out of town or out of the area in order to get fresh groceries, right? So those kinds of things are, um, you know, things that people take for granted are issues that we're dealing with and, and trying to rectify in our area. And so it's actually something that I just finished Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and she said that that was one of her huge initiatives, is just making sure that everybody has access to fresh produce, including areas that don't have a grocery store or a decent one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's, it's called a food desert, right? And so that's what the pop-up market is, um, is meant to be for the East End. But um, we are looking to bring a grocery store to the Civic Block, you know, um, so... Just a lot of great things going on. With yeah, that's fantastic. And I just, I really appreciate that both of you are so focused on just building everything up from, you know, helping your clients find the right home, uh, building up your own business because you can't function without, you know, decent profit margin or just, right. Right? and building up your entire area so that people are much more financially stable and have a much more solid, yeah, a solid foundation for a good life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give the impression that I'm doing all of this. <laughs> you know, these, these are organizations that I'm involved, involved with that have Investors. strong leadership mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that are doing these that, I, uh, that I'm supporting. Right. I'll be sure to put, you know, the links to all of this because I have looked at their websites and, you know, there are some really nice profiles about the leadership. And then of course they have Facebook pages and things like that, like with everything that's going on. So um, it's just nice. It's just nice when it's so heightened, the discrepancy of income right now, that there are really big things happening on the horizon that would even everything out. I've heard not only is um, a huge financial discrepancy, clearly not advantageous to the people who don't have any money, but it's also really unhealthy for everybody else. I mean, it just destabilizes everything. You lose trust in each other. You don't know each other because you're not in contact. Like it's just very disconnecting for everyone. So when I hear about something like this, it's like, yes, (laughs) right? Like more people will go to that area. You know, people will have greater just awareness about each other, Mm -hmm. period. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No one will be the demons over there, right? Like on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Spreading that awareness is definitely important. And, you know, we, we try with that piece of it for sure. Yeah. Well, and that just sort of brings me back to the marketing then. So you, you both are involved in these very um, effective organizations. And, and then you get to talk about it in your social media or just if you're talking to a client or someone who's thinking of working with you, the fact that you can mention it, oh, we're doing this event, you should come, or hey, we're up to this this weekend, uh, just you know, making it look like you're here, like you care about your community, mm-hmm. and not that you're trying to pose or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, I'm a huge believer in social media is there to reflect and celebrate what you're already doing of substance off your devices, right? And so you have so much of that going on that it's just, hey, you're just sharing what is already profoundly impactful and what a wonderful thing to post on social media. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all your events and all that. So, and and again, also to, you know, bring this back to the initial message, which is 
you guys are building trust with your people constantly in just, I, I find a very powerful way on a lot of different levels. Plus you are making it manageable to do your marketing, uh, not only because you're keeping it kind of simple, right? But also Josie, you're part of the team and you're taking care of it and you're also doing a plan for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything you would want to say to, to someone who is running a similar business, like a service-based business, where frankly, you are the brand, right. um, whether it's a person yeah. of color or just anybody that is kind of, where do I even start? And this landscape doesn't always look super favorable to what I want to do, or I don't know, like, what would you say to somebody who wants to build a business? Um, so there's two pieces that I would say, like for someone brand new, for example. Um, so hopefully, you know, you're with Keller Williams, you know, we're blessed. Like they give you a lot of tools and resources to help you really launch your business, you know, but as a realtor, you're an independent contractor. So they'll give you the tools, but they're not going to spoon feed you. You know, you have to take advantage of the tools that you're given. And, and that's Keller Williams. I know other brokerages that are not Keller Williams. Some of them also offer you tools. So take advantage of the tools, (laughs) you know, um, at least let that be your starting point. So for us, when I started with Val, I knew nothing about real estate. I come from a, a retail and a finance background as well as working in the fitness industry. Um, and so for me, it was just like, okay, I just need to help her get her name out there, right? Um, and so I, you know, I was more active on social media than she was. Um, and so that was an easy piece for me. Um, and I think my first day I put a post of how I'm excited to start working at Keller Williams. You know, you can change your, your job on Facebook. And then I had people from high school um, who really were, you know, we're only two years apart. So people from, from her grade who were Facebook friends with or from my grade or in between were like, Oh, who are you working with at Keller Williams? And I'm like, working with Valerie. Did you even know she was a realtor? And then that's kind of how the conversation started, really. I was like, Val, like these people that you played sports with for four years, because this one was super active in high school. <laughs> she literally played a sport all three seasons of the year for all four years. Um, and she was, you know, very smart, top three of her class, um, and a really great athlete. So I'm like, how do these people, like you were like the girl in, in high school and these people don't know that you're a realtor, you know, now, I don't know how, because it's not like I didn't post on social media, okay? I just didn't post every day, right? So, or that often, you know, yeah. you know, so um, she had a business page, you know, that that was there, it was active, and I think it had a couple hundred like fans or whatever on the page, but it just wasn't out there enough. And so I took that as okay, I'm get, get I'm gonna get you out there. And so really just starting to just put it out there, um, and also by mimicking other agents and looking, you know, she had certain mentors around the country who she had met at different Keller Williams functions um, that, that even said like, like model me, pay attention to what I'm doing and feel free to do it in your market. So I would never like take content or anything from someone who's like in the next town over, you know, but we have mentors like down in the DC, Virginia area or whether they're out in Texas or Cali or, or New Orleans or wherever, um, who I pay attention to what they're doing. And, you know, if it fits our brand, like I will, I will mimic in a sense and, and use that mentorship to kind of help come up with my own content, you know, and really just learning. Like it's basically just being self-taught and, and paying attention to what other people do. And so I will say to people in the office, you can pay attention to what I do, 
don't literally take my content, but, but, you know, if you want to do something similar, I'm fine with that. You know, one of the things that we love to do is giving shout outs to like the, the vendors that we collaborate with. So our lenders, our, our attorneys, um, you know, we do have our preferred vendor list of people that we work with consistently. So it's not like one lender or one attorney. You know, we have a group of like five or six that we will regularly um, kind of bounce around with um, when we're looking to refer people out to our, our, our clients um, because these are people with proven results, right? People who have proven that they can get the job done, they're efficient, they're gonna have the same level of service expectations um, that we provide. And so that idea is something, you know, I encourage other agents to do all the time. So like, if you have a home inspection or if you just had a great closing, give that shout out to, you know, whoever you worked with as well, because it's an easy marketing piece, but it also adds value for them, you know, and so we do get referrals from our, our vendor partners as well. So if our lender has a new client, they will refer it to us because, you know, we're a strong team because we, we make it of value for them as well. Um, so really just mentoring, like finding that mentor, you know, self-teaching really, look on social media, stuff's out there. You can even just, you know, Google, as I say, Facebook search realtors and a whole bunch of realtor pages will pop up if you're looking for ideas. Um, you know, yeah, and you'll be one of them. I'm definitely posting <laughs> your links because just studying up on your Facebook page and your Instagram feed and all that, like yeah. you guys are, you guys know what you're doing. And so I would just say to anybody listening to you, if you're just sitting here wondering how to be a little more classy <laughs> and connect more, like go check out VK Realty. You just need to get on that. Yeah. VK Realty Group Homes in CT is the Facebook. Um, it's actually facebook.com slash homes in Connecticut. And then on Instagram, it's VK Realty Group Homes in CT. Um, you know, I, I kind of coined our own hashtags. So if you search the hashtag, your favorite CT Realtor um, or your favorite CT Realtor team, now you know, you'll find us <laughs> and our content. Um, and those kinds of things are, are purposeful, you know, because I really the brand to me is a big deal. You know, real estate, they do say real estate is prospecting based and marketing enhanced. Um, so she handles the base, the prospecting, and, and I enhance our, our brand and our image um, through the marketing. One of the simplest things I always say, uh, you know, to an entrepreneur or someone that's looking at all this and starting to feel overwhelmed is consistency, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you make, if you post once a day, right, What and you can schedule that out oftentimes too, right. you post something once a day just to stay top of mind. And I'm not saying it all has to be business related, right? You just want to stay out there, right? And um, so that was what I didn't do before, right? So I didn't always post. I didn't want to be bothersome or I didn't want to seem like I was bragging and boasting, you know. Um, but you don't have to, right? So, uh, you know, Josie will sometimes just post a quote and, um, and, and that'll be it. Or, you know, we'll post a picture of my, my kids because we're doing something together. So, it, you know, posting, you do want to post related to your business, right? You want to make sure that's mixed in um, often. But consistency, just put a plan out there and say, how do I want to look? You know, who would I want to do business with, right? And, and put that out there consistently. Once a day, put that out there. And you'll find that over time, it'll build. 
yep. you'll build a following. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I just want to thank you both for giving great ideas. I feel like if anybody's listening to this, they're sitting there with like a notepad taking notes, like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. I'm going to go study all their pages. Like I will be a marketing guru when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And take your time. Like thousand once a day. I've said, start with once a week. If you're that person who like barely ever opens your social media, you know, you're really missing out if you're not active on social media. Like that's just the way the world is now. And you can be active through your business page or your, you know, your personal page. You don't have to be posting like personal stuff if you're not comfortable. You can keep it something simple. Like I attended a class today and I'm enhancing my realtor education for you. You know, like different little things like that. Um, and, and kind of build yourself up to getting to once a day if you can only do like once a week even. And like she said, there's even free tools um, like in Sock Social. That's a, a free website that you can go to and link it to your social media um, to be able to help you get some content, you know, so there's different tools out there that you just have to take advantage of really. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you for sharing all your wonderful secrets. <laughs> and uh, I truly believe that if somebody has listened to this, they are now inspired to go take some action. So I thank oh, you. Girl. Thanks thank for you. all. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us to, Appreciate to it. talk and be on your <laughs> so there you have it. A nice model of how to grow your business and also to help the community and do this all in a way where everybody wins. So uh, check out the show notes for links to everything that you heard about today, the different organizations that Val and Josie are involved in and their own social media links and website it will all be there. So check it out, especially if you're looking to buy or sell a property in the Trumbull, Connecticut area. Thank you so much for joining me today on Marketing for Humans.